0: Are we willing to represent? Are we willing to speak and open up and to be bold in our faith as sent people on mission with Jesus to say, you know what? You need Jesus. It's your life where.
1: Hello, and welcome to LifeQuest, a verse by verse exploration of the entire Bible to discover real life, God's way. LifeQuest is a radio ministry of Alpine Christian Fellowship in Alpine, California, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Sherwood Patterson. On today's program, we'll be looking at Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 24. Are you aware that God intends to send each of us, that's you and me, out into the world as his ambassador for God? Wow, that's pretty overwhelming. But when we accept the assignment, we will be filled with joy as we tell others about Jesus. And Luke tells us that Jesus will also be filled with great joy as we go forth and do his will. God sent out the 12, then he sent the 70, and in Acts chapter one, he sends all believers out to be ambassadors for God's kingdom. In our program today, we will learn what it means to be an ambassador for God. So now let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 10 and study God's Word with Pastor Sherwood.
0: Verse 1 says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, and the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter first, say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking, such things as they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you, that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Jesus says to his disciples here in these first few verses, he appoints the seventy, And he sends them out to do a work. And it's important for us to understand that Jesus understood at this point that the time was short. There was an urgency in Jesus' ministry, especially since predicting his death that was to come in Jerusalem. He understood that that work must continue, knowing that the time was short. And so not only does he empower the 12 apostles, but he also empowers the 70, sends them out two by two. So we have 35 groups of individuals going out into 35 cities that Jesus was going to preach, and teach the kingdom of heaven. Remember, verse 1 says that they were to be going out into the cities where He Himself would go to prepare that way. So Jesus was busy. He had a lot of ministry to accomplish. He had a lot of preaching to do, and He had a lot of traveling to do. And as He sends these ambassadors, uh, we use that word to represent a person uh, who represents uh, the values, the qualities, the ethics or the character of their own nation in a foreign country—that is what an ambassador is. An ambassador is one who is sent from one nation or from one country to represent the qualities and the ethics and the character of that sending nation in a foreign nation. And so we see uh, the Apostle Paul. He identifies himself in First, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty. Also in Ephesians chapter six. Verse 20, uh, the Apostle Paul identifies himself as an ambassador of Christ, as though God were, were making his appeal to the world and to mankind through us as a person who would be sent, a person who is representing the kingdom of God here on earth. And so when we think about an ambassador, when we think about someone who is, who is called and someone who is sent to represent the kingdom of God, we need to recognize first and foremost that this is a privileged work. It is a great calling that you and I, not just the 12 apostles, not just the 70 uh, disciples, but we understand this to be uh, a commission for the church today. To be sent out as ambassadors, as representatives of God's kingdom here on earth. It is a privileged work. It is a great calling. And it is one that we ought to recognize ourselves individually are being called into that work and into that ministry. And notice what he says about the work. He says in verse 2 that the harvest truly is great. The harvest truly is great. And I don't know... Uh, how you perceive the world today. But oftentimes, we tend to look at the darkness. We tend to look at uh, the obstacles that are before us. We, we look at the culture. We look at, uh, you know, the world system, and we realize this world is so dark. This world is, is so lost. This world could never possibly come to Christ. I don't know if you've ever thought that. I don't know how you perceive the harvest of people in this world today. And when Jesus talks about the harvest, Jesus is talking about the soul. He is talking about people's lives who are lost, who are far away from God, who need to hear the gospel, good news, glad tidings of His coming, of His forgiveness, of His grace. The harvest, Jesus says, is ripe and ready. People are willing and desiring and hungering and thirsting for hope. And I would suggest to us today that we don't limit the work of the harvest because we feel like no one is interested. We feel as though no one would want to hear the good news. No one really is interested in coming to Christ. But Jesus is saying he's flipping that completely around. However we may perceive what our family, our lost family members are, or the people in our neighborhood, or the people in our community, or the people in our school, or the people in our work. No matter how we feel, how far away they are from God, Jesus is saying they are close to the kingdom of heaven. It is ripe and ready are we willing to be ambassadors? Are we willing to represent? Are we willing to speak and open up and to be bold in our faith as sent people on mission with Jesus to say, you know what? You need Jesus. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. Don't. Jesus is saying, don't be wrongly intimidated by the lies that say people don't want to get saved. People need to get saved. People long for hope. People long for light. People long for love. And we are those love ambassadors and representatives. Jesus is saying the harvest is great. This privileged work is so wonderful and a calling, but also it, there, there, is, there is a problem in that work. There is a great, great problem in the work of harvesting. In the work of going out into our world and into our lives and representing Jesus and saying, you need Jesus. Here's the gospel. And Jesus says there in uh, verse 2, the harvest is plentiful. It is great. It is wide under the harvest, but the laborers are few. And I think we're going to spend most of our time this morning looking at this problem that we face in the work of being ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Number one... As, as laborers are few, as this problem of the work is evident uh, in, in this work. Number one, the immensity of the task. Let's look at the immensity of the task. Jesus says that there are very few people willing to go and willing to work. Very few people willing to go and willing to work. And it's interesting that in the same breath as Jesus says that there are few laborers, when we have very few workers, very few people willing to to step out and to be sent and and to be an ambassador for Jesus, to represent the kingdom in our lives, we are encouraged to pray. We are encouraged to pray. And it's interesting that when we look at the work of prayer in the church and in the life of the believer, when the work is immense, God's people and ambassadors pray. Jesus calls us in to seek Him in prayer. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, this coming Sunday, this next week, as we come together in prayer. We're going to be asking God to reach our world for Christ through us. That we would be ambassadors and representatives of Him in our work, in our lives, um, in in our families and in our schools. We need to understand that when that work of, of harvesting this great field, of reaching lost people for Christ, that work is not accomplished without prayer. Without prayer. And notice, as the immensity of the task is, As the great difficulty because of few laborers, uh, we are encouraged to pray. Jesus also says there is an immediacy of this work. In the same breath that Jesus calls us to pray to send out people, he says in verse 3, go your way, go your way. In the same sentence that he says, pray, he also says, go your way. Notice Jesus doesn't say, hey, go to school and get prepared and get all this training before you're ready to go out and represent me and to tell people about the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say that. He says, when you pray, Then you go. Notice this. The result of prayer is a sent person on mission for Jesus as they go about their daily lives. The same words are being used in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, as we mentioned earlier, verses 18 through 20. The emphasis in the Great Commission is not going, but making. Because Jesus understands that we all have a way. What is your way? Go your way. You have a sphere of influence. You have people in your lives. You have family members you have contact with. You have co-workers that you reach. Jesus says, go your way. Whatever way you have, whatever route you take on the freeway, whatever, uh, um, whatever grocery stores you visit, you have a way that you go. And Jesus is saying, go your way. And it's interesting, when you combine prayer with an urgency and immediacy about the work that is to be done because the harvest is plentiful, many people are desiring to respond to the gospel and glad tidings of Jesus Christ, but there are so very few people willing to open their Mouths and to proclaim that and share that with others. He says, as you pray and as you go, notice this, Jesus understands that it won't be long before those who pray become those who go. Now that's a dangerous prayer to pray. It's a very dangerous prayer. Why? Because as you pray and ask God, Lord, there is such a great need for you in this world. We are praying, God, that you would reach this world for Christ. And Lord, if there is any way that you could use me, although I'm not willing and I'm not ready and I'm, I, I don't want to go, be the one that goes and is sent, I don't want to be the one that actually has to, to use words with other people, but I'm sure there's so many other people that you can send. I don't know if you've prayed that prayer before. Or I don't know if that's where your heart is at today or has been in the past. But Jesus says, you know what? As you pray, you become a person that goes. As you pray, you become a person that goes. And so uh, let's make that our prayer. Now that you know that, let's pray it. Um, Don't put that prayer off to the side. (laughs) But pray and seek, Lord, what is the way that I can go, that I can be sent? Go your way. It's that great commission. You know what? As a disciple of Jesus Christ, As a follower of Jesus, disciples grow and disciples go. Disciples grow and disciples go. But you would say, you know what, I'm not ready right? Oh, I mean, they look at these 70 apostles, they say, you know what? Let me take care of some things. Let me get some things in order. I'm not quite ready to go yet, Jesus. Maybe that's your response today as you're hearing this. Okay, okay, Sherwood, yeah, you're encouraging us to go, to get out of the pew, to talk to our friends, but you know what? I'm not quite ready. You know what? If you wait until you're ready, you will be sitting here 10 years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, if you wait until you're, you're let, me, let, let me fill you in on a little secret. You'll never be ready for ministry. You will always be in over your head. You will always need to exercise faith. You will always need to depend on Jesus because if we're in over our head, that means it's not our strength, it's not our ability, it's not our ingenuity and plans and all these sort of things It's dependency upon Jesus Christ as we trust Him to say, God, use me. Here I am. Send me. I'm not quite ready. I've never felt ready. I've never felt like I've had it all together. There will always be something saying, not now, not yet, and not me. Don't let that hold you back from volunteering to serve in children's ministry. From volunteering to go to a prison to share Jesus with someone who's incarcerated. To anything you can think of. Stepping out what God has put on your Starting a Bible study in your home. Not now, not yet, not me. I'm not quite ready. Well, you'll never be ready. So let's just put that aside and let's just jump in and say, Jesus, okay, here we go. As I grow, Lord, I want to follow you and go. So we see that there is an immediacy. We see that there is an urgency. Um, We see that there is an immense work to be done because there are so few people, but we also see there's an, an inevitability. And that inevitability deals with the attacks that come. You know what? When Satan sees you and I serious about Go into a lost world with the gospel. He is going to launch fierce attacks against you. Notice what Jesus says here. I send you out. Um, in verse 3. As we go our way, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Great. I'm sure a lot of you have ident- uh, you know, kind of underlined that, that verse there uh, and highlighted it, right? Um, just yeah, great, we're going to be lambs among wolves. I don't know. Just kind of think about that picture. That sounds uh, like not not a good deal for the lambs, right? You know, the wolves circling. Okay, Jesus, great. I'm just going to get attacked. I'm just going to get mutilated. I'm just going to get torn up. Notice what um, John the Baptist said about Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. When you think about lambs, you think about vulnerability. Um, Jesus calls us not to be a physical threat and harm to people as we go about, you know, with our Holy Ghost machine gun. It's, it's an innocent lamb, not Lambo, right? You're not... Right? We're not just mowing people down with the gospel. Um, we're sharing the love of Jesus with people. Um, and so we know that as we go about this task... We are going to face attacks and we are going to face rejection. When our lives demonstrate the life, light, and love of Jesus, we will experience rejection. Have you ever experienced rejection? When you share the love of Jesus with a family member? Have you ever felt maybe guilty that you're not doing enough? Or why aren't they receiving? Or, you know, why am I saying something or are doing something wrong? Well, we will experience rejection when we uh, share that love and that light and that, uh, that life of Jesus. But if you struggle with rejection, remember, it's not our responsibility to convert people. It's Jesus' work. It's Jesus to convert and to soften the heart and to bring them to himself. Our goal is not to be successful in Number of converts we can create, but to be faithful, not successful, but faithful, faithful in the eyes of the Lord as He calls us. So He tells us to go. He says in verse 4, carry neither money bag or knapsack. He wants us to to trust Him fully for every provision. He says, greet no one along the road. Well, that seems kind of harsh, but back in this culture, if you were to greet someone, well, that turned into coming to someone's house and staying a day, staying a week. Right? There's this great, wonderful hospitality saying, you know what? Don't get distracted. Stay focused on the work and on the ministry. He talks about receiving the support and love from others uh, in verse 6, 7, and 8. He talks about the rejection that may come there um, in verse 10 and 11. And verse 9, the ministry there to preach and to proclaim the gospel, to heal the sick. The kingdom of God has come near to you. He says that as you go about your way, you will receive rejection. And also, it's interesting, look at verse 13 as we continue here. At verse 13 through verse 16. We see the woes to unrepentant cities. Jesus says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you and had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a long time ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Again, Jesus talking about the rejection when you feel rejected, when you get rejected by others because of proclaiming Jesus and demonstrating that love of Jesus to others, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And these cities, Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum, these were cities that uh, received great signs, great wonders, great teaching from Jesus during his earthly ministry. And Jesus basically is saying that Because you received these great signs, because you were witness to this powerful work of God, that you are going to be held accountable for what you have seen. And he also mentions Capernaum. Now we know Capernaum was the headquarters really of Jesus' ministry in the northern regions of Galilee. And Capernaum was a city where Jesus performed most of his miracles. So he's saying, you know what, if the miracles were done in these cities were done elsewhere you you received such great teaching such great miracles such witness to the powerful work of god and the healing power of the kingdom of heaven represented in your midst and yet you have not received you have not heard you know the more we hear god's word and god's truth the more we are held accountable is what jesus is saying in these verses So Jesus sends them out. He proclaims these woes to these cities. And notice in verse 17, uh, kind of wrapping up through verse 24. The 70 return, and Jesus has a conversation with them in verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Verse 21, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good to you in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows uh, who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. Then He turned to His disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see." For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen and hear what you hear and have not heard. We finish with a few thoughts here in verse 17. The 70 return with joy. You know what? Serving Jesus is a joyful pursuit. There is great joy in doing what God calls you and I to do. We talked a little bit earlier about Jesus calling us to pray. And as we pray, we go. And feeling as though when we step out in faith as we go, you know, we might feel fear. We might feel anxiety. We might feel like we're not quite ready. But notice as you step out and as you trust Jesus and as you serve him in what he has called you to do, you return with wonderful joy. I just want to encourage us as a church. Amazing things are going to happen when we step out, when we follow Him, when you do what God is putting in your heart to do. If you want joy, if you want meaning, if you want your life to have impact in this life and in the life to come, commit your life to reaching your generation.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sherwood. Being an ambassador for God is the ultimate reality for each believer. It may sound intimidating, but remember Jesus promises to be with us each step of the way. If you want to talk with someone right now, or if you want prayer or counseling, you can call 619-561-4777. That's 619-561-4777. LifeQuest is produced and sponsored by Alpine Christian Fellowship, We're located in Alpine, California, just off the Interstate 8 Freeway at the Harbison Canyon, Dunbar Exit. Join us Sunday at 9 a.m. for a time of prayer, followed by our worship service at 10 a.m. Bring the whole family, because children's ministry is also at 10. For more information, visit our website at acffamily.com. That's acffamily.com. Join us next time on this station for another LifeQuest teaching program, where we look at real life, God's way
0: life quest. You've been looking for a home you haven't seen yet. Oh. It's your life quest. You've been looking for a home you haven't